0: Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles.
1: Oh, and a
2: hit! He got jacked. This is The Big Red Rage. Presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to
1: the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs>
2: the Rage is brought to you by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Right on the price. Right on the corner of the Santan 202 freeway in Val Vista. Seat Geek, your ticket to great seats, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage, take it. over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley.
1: It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury!
3: More than ever in today's NFL, it's all about the more you can do. So, if Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon can work the phones this week, just go to the Cardinals social media and the Twitter and see the video for yourself. There's the head coach renewing Cardinals season ticket holders. He's got the headset on. He's working the phone. <laughs> sold, sold, sold. ABC always be closing. He's personally calling cardinal season ticket holders and getting them on board for 2024 so if the head coach can do that then you're darn tuned we can bring you the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert 52 weeks a year the original thursday night football paul calvisi and ron wolfley
0: Boy, does that sound like JG Pauly or what? Yes.
3: I mean if you want He's gonna do it all, man. If you want energy in the sales pit, okay? I mean, match the energy of Jonathan Gannon. I defy you. I dare you to match his energy. And by (laughs) the way, we're gonna have Kerry Rhodes a little bit later, former Cardinal Safety, former player host of the Big Red Rage, will join us in a little bit. We'll talk everything that is football, including including his former teammate, Jonathan Gannon, at the University of Louisville. How about that? So Interesting. Yep. Yeah. So the Cardinals finish up, right? And I think we all agree, show of hands, everybody's hand in the air. This four-win season, a lot different than last year's four-win season. And just because of the way, if nothing else, they finished this season. You saw three wins against playoff teams. You saw the young guys get so many snaps and reps that you figure is going to pay off exponentially. And then at the very end of the year, especially the last three games, you saw the quarterback, the franchise quarterback, Kyler Murray. And we're going to talk to Kerry Rhodes about this. Look like the MVP at times that he seriously and legitimately was the first half of 2021. And Wolf, I mean, we're going to get to some of the awards that were bestowed by the 30-member uh, panel. But, I mean, if there is one takeaway going into this offseason, does it not have to be K1 himself?
0: It does, Paulie, right now. For me, I just look at Kyler Murray and what he did individually, the way he evolved his own game, and the way that that evolved this offense going forward. I am really, really encouraged, Paulie, because of what we saw from Kyler Murray in those eight games that he played. He looked physically ready to go, of course, and he evolved his game from under center, and that is something that I think needed to happen, and that's why I'm encouraged, and I also think Kyler's encouraged.
3: No doubt, and it was a balanced offense. They had a number four-ranked rush game in the NFL. They had the most chunk runs of any team in the NFL, and I think all of those reasons and more are why. As we start with the awards here now, envelope please. Uh, MVP <laughs> of this team, Ron Wolfley, went to according to the 30 member panel, James Conner. Yes, was that your vote, by the way? James Conner, that was
0: my vote right there. I don't know how you could go any other direction. You know, a football player, Paul, he's got body, soul, and spirit, man. The threefold nature of man. James Conner, for the most part, he exemplified every one of those aspects. He brought physicality to the field. He brought intellect to the field. And he brought a whole lot of whip butt to the field. And because of that, he inspired a lot of his teammates around him. I don't think there's any
3: doubt about it. James Conner is the most valuable Cardinal. I use one of those math symbols. I said James Conner is greater than just a player. Mr. Kramit Vertical, he's a mindset, he's a mentality. He he really is. That's why. Forget this. I mean, the stats are outstanding. at his first career, 1,000-yard rushing season, I get it. But it was just everything he provided in terms of a mentality, just in terms of the way the team would enter a game, knowing they had their own personal protector of sorts out there in a lot of ways, the guy they fed off. So, yeah, I agree with you. He got 18 votes. The runner-up was Kyler Murray with 10 votes for team MVP. As for Offensive Player of the Year, Trey McBride was a winner over James Conner. But if I'm looking here, Ron Wolfley, that was not your vote for Offensive Player of the Year. No. You know, mine was Kyler Murray, and I realize it's
0: a little unfair because he only played in eight games, of course. But... Um, coming into this season, Polly, this past season, 2023, of course, going into that season, there was a lot of talk. And to me, the, the main question, was whether or not Kyler Murray was going to be your quarterback going forward in 2024. And the reason why I say that, hey, listen, you you got a brand new staff. You got you got a guy who's a general manager and his staff right now that didn't really draft Kyler Murray. You got a new coaching staff that is brought in here with a brand new scheme. Will Kyler Murray be the quarterback of the future? That to me was the number one question coming into this season where we all thought it was going to be a pretty tough season. And in terms of wins and losses it was going to be a hard season for the arizona cardinals so he got that opportunity to play in eight games and to me kyler murray was the story and is the story going forward right now in a gross
3: simplification of the truth okay well uh, trey mcbride once again was awarded and named offensive player of the year and you can read all this for yourself easycardinals.com and I tell you, the numbers are one thing, and the numbers were remarkable. They were record-setting in terms of franchise records. This team went 34 years between 100-yard receiving games by a tight end, and then he did it twice in just over a month. But – They were meaningful catches. This wasn't some stat-stuffing performance in 2023. I mean, he was the number one receiving weapon in so many games, and by the end of the season, teams were double and triple teaming him, giving him so much extra attention, and then just his energy and his vibe. Like I said, you know, come for the first downs with Trey McBride. Stay for the awkward celebrations. I mean, guys just ate it up on the sidelines, so there you go. As for the defensive player of the year, Jalen Thompson. Was the uh, winner? The runner-up was Buddha Baker. Full disclosure: I voted for Buddha just because offensive coordinators wouldn't even go his direction. He rarely got tested or tried. You know they. they, And we learned late in the season that other players would tell Buddha after game, "Oh yeah, game plan was don't go any to your side, don't go anywhere near you." We and so did Jalen have a great (laughs) year. Yes, but I think just the respect level that Buda garnered, and as the only Pro Bowler, he was my Defensive Player of the Year.
0: Yeah, he was my Defensive Player of the Year as well. You know, his numbers normally weren't as strong as we've seen in the past, of course, but he went to his sixth Pro uh, Pro Bowl, and as we all know, he's one of the best football players in the National Football League. that to me, man, it made it an easy decision because Buda Baker, it's not just his production, it's what he does for everyone else around him. He challenges every guy, every man on that field, whether it's offense, defense, or even the opponent. If you watch Buda Baker play, he challenges you. If he plays like that, why don't you play like that? He's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, he's not the fastest. All he does is go out there and whip dudes <laughs> and if he can do it why aren't you playing with that kind of
3: intensity all right newcomer of the year paris johnson jr pretty much unanimous he got 15 votes i know we both voted for the six pick overall the right tackle who played every single snap yep. i don't have enough time to name all the luminaries who we went against but i mean we're talking about against the aaron donalds and nick Boses and tj watson miles garrett's of the world all season long paris johnson jr
0: yeah, he definitely can get better. There's no denying that. He can get better and he will get better because of the kid that he is. He's got all the talent you could possibly want. I think they've got themselves one of their five offensive linemen for the next decade plus.
3: Beyond the box score player of the year, so this is the underrated sort of, you know, beyond uh, behind the scenes kind of guy, Yelda Froholt, your starting center all year long. We both voted for Fro. For Yelda and and I tell you what I mean. Think about the narrative in August, right? And yours truly included. Oh, geez, the Cardinal starting center only has four career games at the position. Man, he just silenced everybody, did he not?
0: He did, Paulie. He played so well. I mean, he did. He was calling. The uh, signals of course up on on the line and it's so important when you've got that center but he played well and he and what i love about yelda froholt it's not just his playing well watch his effort paul watch the effort yelda's gonna give you on every go man to me that's what separated him from everybody else All right the
3: play of the year the single play james Conner, the one-handed touchdown grab at philly that was the winner Now, I voted for the uh, Trey McPlay 17-yard tush push, right? The party wave where everybody shoved him in against Baltimore. And what would you go for?
0: I went for the Trey McBride. uh, I went for the fake field goal. I'm sorry, Uh, the fake field goal. Kyler Murray to Trey McBride. That, to me, scheme and skull. Yep. that's where they met scheme and skull i loved it
3: yeah our jim omohundro uh, executive producer here he went with a kyler run on third down it was like third and 18 and then kyler oh, yeah kyler covered like 70 yards <laughs> right so <laughs> that's not bad yeah hey cardinal season ticket priority list 2024 home opponents include bears charges patriots jets lions commanders the division azcardinals.com slash priority list carrie rhodes next
1: The pass hit. Ball goes fluttering in the air. Picked off by Rhodes at the 50. Steps up. Pumps gets hit as he throws far side. Picked off again. Intercepted on the far side of the 18-yard line by Kerry Rhodes. Throws over the middle. The pass is high. And intercepted by Rhodes at the 25-yard line. Firing middle of the field where it's picked off. Intercepted at the 25 by Rhodes. Fumble. ball rolling around and picked up by Rhodes at the 25. Steps up, and on the other side, they get him. Kerry Rhodes coming from the
3: left, takes down Bradford. Sam Bradford got his peanut butter. Oh, man. Ron Wolfley, do you appreciate and understand the legacy and litany of all-time great safeties who have been associated with the Arizona Cardinals franchise, both as a player and a broadcaster? Do you understand this, Ron Oh, Yeah. Oh, yes, I do, Paul. You played with Tim McDonald, right? Multiple Pro Bowls. Yep. Before that, in fact, your GM, Larry Wilson, a Hall of Famer. Adrian Wilson, a former player host of this very show. Tyron Matthew. Paulie.
0: don't forget about Lonnie Young. The great Lonnie Young.
3: Yep. I mean, currently, you have arguably the best tandem of safeties in the league in Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. And then a guy who had a pair of four-pick seasons for the Arizona Cardinals and two seasons as the player host of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Our very own Kerry Rhodes, who rejoins us on this Thursday. Kerry, how are we doing from L.A.? Wolf wants to talk about the weather. We don't have time to talk about all the weather and all the rain out there, but, but you are surviving, right? I'm I'm
4: I'm doing fine. the <laughs> <laughs> the rain hasn't gotten me. I'm a, I'm a little bit high up. I'm in a, in a condo now out here in California, so I'm a little bit protected from it, but yeah, it's, it's been coming down. So, Wolf, I'm okay if you're worried. yeah, okay. I'm fine.
0: No, that's I'm great. Fine. That's great, Kerry. <laughs> Speaking of protected right now, I, I have to ask you this. How much do you miss the game,
4: Kerry? Man, you know what? I don't miss the game. You know, it's I do miss you know, being able to break it down and, you know, the X's and O's of it, I do love the chess match that happens between my position, the safety position and the quarterback position, right? You get to mirror that guy and, 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 you know, just from the strategic part of it. And also, I mean, obviously, obviously some of the guys and some of the camaraderie that happens in those moments, man, in the locker room, you know, those things you can't really get and you can't really duplicate outside of the game. But as far as the going out there and, and tackling and being ready to go on game day, yeah, those, that, that ship is sailed. <laughs>
3: <ship is> <laughs> well, look, last we left off with you, which was last offseason, it wasn't that long after the hiring of Jonathan Gannon. And for those who aren't familiar, the two of you were teammates at Louisville. You were a year yeah. ahead of him, if memory serves. You both came out of high school as quarterbacks and then w- became mm-hmm. DBs at Louisville. There's two things we found out or at least were reinforced as being facts about Jonathan Gannon. One, his energy – it's relentless, yep. and number two, yep. the compete is—is is that the same guy you knew back in college?
4: Yep, I mean that's what I knew he would bring to to, you, to the to the franchise over there in Arizona. Um, that's just who he is. That's his DNA. Now, the fact that he got those guys to, you know, really compete at a high level, I wasn't worried about that. But just the way he handled himself, and uh, you know, was able to get the guys. You know X's and O's wise uh, to go out there and have a chance to win every game. I mean, games that he shouldn't have been in, um, they were in, um, they fought, but they also like did it at a high level of execution. Which, you know, you know they they're a couple. I mean, I think they're probably another. I mean, next year they're going to be really, really competitive, and I think have a chance to do some really some some really special things. But the fact that he got those guys this year in a year where, I mean, he came in. Behind the eight ball, right? I mean, your starting quarterback's not there, and um, you know, expectations on the outside wasn't high. For them to come out and believe in him and believe in his system was—it was just. I mean, for me, it was—it was—it was, it was, it was a, a success.
0: You know, Kerry, the team was really competitive with, yeah. um, without Kyler Murray, I would say, and with yeah. Kyler Murray, they—they yeah. they were competitive all year long. Um, jg of course had his culture and cultures do change from team to team here but mm-hmm. in your opinion how big is culture to a football team
4: well the word the word culture is kind of loosely thrown out now as being you know being the, the the sole focus of you know building programs from the ground up and you know sustaining that over years right but you know i think it i think number one yes the culture matters but bringing in players that fits that culture also matters but the, yeah. the I think the ultimate I think the ultimate thing with all of that is the flexibility the flexibility of your head coach right because again you come into a situation where you want to do something a certain way and you don't have all those guys that fit in to make that thing happen how flexible are you going to be and how much of a person you can be as far as being able to mold and change your scheme and your thought process to the, to the team that you currently have. And I think that was the special thing that he did this year in year one because, yes, culture is important, but everybody's not going to buy into your culture. It's just you have to prove that over and over, and you have to prove to men that you're able to be flexible with them as well. And so there's a fine line there, but the good ones are able to do it really well.
3: Former Cardinal safety Kerry Rhodes joining us here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. In a moment, I want to get to this year's MVP. They announced the finalists. We all know it's going to be Lamar Jackson. You've watched him since day one at Louisville. You're alma mater. But let's talk about Kyler Murray for a moment because the first half of 2021, he was a legit MVP candidate. And the last three games of this year, we started to see flashes of that again. Cardinals gave him a top-five rushing attack this season. What do you think that does for Kyler as a quarterback? The, the the OC putting them under center, a more dynamic offense. It just seemed like yeah. we see we saw everything evolve at the very end of this season.
4: It it just lends to what I kind of said, right? It's like you have to be flexible. You have to, you know, mold game plans and mold schemes around what your player does best, but also not just your players, what your team does best. And I think Arizona did a really good job of that. You know, they had Connor, who had like a, a resurgence this year and, and ran the ball at an unbelievable clip, He played well. And so, you know, to to make things lighter for your star quarterback that's coming back from a, a, a long, uh, long injury, it's being able to run the ball and being able to play action off of that and base your game plan off of what your strengths are. And their strength last year was running the ball. And, you know, it made life easier for Kyla to kind of ease back into it. And then, once to ease back into into football and, and getting into football shape and seeing defenses, seeing defenses and schemes again, then you can unleash the Kyler that we know. But I think it's that ability to, again to to mold to what your team is doing best. And I think we saw that with the Cardinals. And I think with Kyler, him being healthy and being able to show what he can do again down the stretch there was vital because I think you guys know, and I think JG knows. I saw a press conference where he said. You know, Kyler's our quarterback. And and just that reassurance for Kyler and the team and the other players around, it it just makes life easier for them.
0: So, Kerry, philosophically, what do you make of taking Kyler and putting him under center? What do you make of under center play coming back a little bit in the National Football League?
4: It has to. (laughs) It has to. I mean, you know, like we get caught up in scoring points, um get caught up in the big splashy plays, and it's important. It is. And, you know, it sells. But at the end of the day, the teams that are playing right now, right, what do all four of those teams do well? They run the ball, they're physical up front, and those things never change with football. So you have to be able to do that. And I know we've seen teams do it in the shotgun a little bit, but that puts your quarterback at risk because they're doing a lot of the, the RPO stuff and, and the read stuff, which, mm-hmm. you know, the quarterbacks have to run, and that's the new age football, but at the at the end of the day, the top four teams that are still playing, they're physical up front and they can run the ball from under center. And I think bringing that part of the game back, especially for Kyler, which you know you start seeing him in the shotgun every down, that gets to be predictable. So it kind of, you know, it, it gives the offense more flexibility to do to do certain things and 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 make it look and make it look different than what defenses are used to.
3: Kerry Rhodes, our guest. All right, so once again, you were at Louisville. We know you're a big-time fan. You follow every game. You've been yeah. following Lamar Jackson since day one. How equipped is he to take on Patrick Mahomes? Both have their own motivations, right? Mahomes, the whole thing, yeah. we're going to win this thing on the road. Lamar Jackson, I'm going to get this team to the Super Bowl and get these playoff wins. How do you size up that matchup?
4: Man, the one thing about Lamar, and I've known from day one, I went to talk to the team when he was coming into his Heisman campaign year. And I'm talking to the team. I'm outside. Um, and, you know, everybody's listening. Everybody's paying attention. But as soon as I get done with the talk, there were two guys on that team, only two, that stayed. And others, you know, said by and high and, 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 you know, in passing. But there was two guys that stayed around and was asking me questions about the next level, what it takes to do this. And you and were just curious. And, and those two guys, are pro bowl players in the NFL. And so when you see that happen, it's just, you know, it's destined and you know, they're destined for greatness. Those two players were Lamar Jackson and Jair Alexander. And so, so so when you see those things happen that way, you know, those kids are special and you only want what's best for them. But I know that Lamar, this is his moment. He's been prepping for this for a long time. He's gotten better. He got the contract and, got the contract, and got better after the contract. What, what does that say about the young man, right? So I see him. This is his moment. I think he's going to get them over the top. And I I see this game. I actually see Baltimore at the end winning this game by 10 points or so.
0: Wow. Yeah, you know what? I, I love – Their defense in particular, too, Kerry. Their secondary is so good. Their pass defense overall. I love watching them play the game of football because I think they play it in a very physical, in-your-face kind of way. Talk to me a little bit about the NFC. When you look at the NFC with the 49ers, of course, and the Lions in that matchup, what comes to mind,
4: Kerry? It's physicality. Who's going to win that line of scrimmage in this game? Yeah. I mean, San Francisco got exposed a little bit last week with Green Bay, right? Green Bay was able to run the ball at will and dictate that game. And so if they allow Detroit to do the same thing, Detroit will win this game. Now, I think San Francisco is the better team, and I think San Francisco will win this game. But if San Francisco doesn't bring their A-plus game, they will lose because – I mean, Detroit's humming. They believe in – you talk about believing in a culture, believing in a team. They believe in Dan mm-hmm. Campbell, mm-hmm. I mean, to the, to, the, to, the, to the umpteenth degree. And I saw a clip of Dan Campbell that was kind of surfacing on Twitter where, you know, he was telling the guys, okay, we got to go live tomorrow and we got to tackle and we got to pursue and we got to do the things that we're going to do in games to get our bodies and get ourselves mentally ready for this. And the way he explained why – just it just it made. Woof, we talk about did, did I miss a game? No, but that made me want to suit up for one play. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because because yeah. you know, coaches a lot of times just say say do this and do that, and you just have to follow because I'm your coach. But the way that he allowed the young man to understand why we were doing it, that goes. That, I mean, for me, that's that's what a separation comes for, for from a guy just saying do this to a guy that makes you feel like you belong to this and you're part of this decision. Hey, and I think that's what he does well. Hey, your Great former night.
3: coach, Rex Ryan, this week called the Lions the best coach team in the NFL. I thought that was pretty interesting. Kerry Rhodes is our guest here on the Big Red Rage. So for those who don't remember, Kerry played eight years, could have easily played several more. You were rated the number four safety in the NFL your final season by Pro Football Focus. But you had other plans, you had other things to do, like movies and TV shows and music videos. Yeah. And you're a recording artist. Tell us about your latest single that you just put out
4: oh man my <laughs> yeah, I could've played a few more I, I you know what's funny I went on a couple of visits and i was i almost i don't know if people know the story, but i i went Cincinnati, I went to Cincinnati I went to the Giants I had you know other you know Cleveland other people that reached out and uh and i I was in Cincinnati and I had to uh to film a t v pilot the next day, so if I would have signed or Cincinnati would have uh put the papers in front of me that day. Um, I may have signed to play a couple more years, but they want I, I was coming off a back injury my last year and, and they wanted to wanted me to see the doctor the next day. And and I remember hopping on the phone with my agent, I was like, If we sign today, I may I I will do it. But if I have to wait till tomorrow, I can't. And so I had to wait till tomorrow and so I literally made the decision on the spot to leave the Bengals and go <laughs> and go film wow. this T V pilot. That that Whoa. didn't get picked up by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah. But but it, it 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 uh spearheaded me to my next style, which did get picked up. So I just got the ball rolling, and it went well. But that's a fun fact, a fun story that I don't know if a lot of people know. But that happened. Um, but for workout, my my new single, workout. It's been out a couple of months now, but man, doing really well. And it's just really a, it's just really a, a love song. But it's it's um, it's predicated off of being able to love yourself. If you can't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. And so. It, it it just kind of, you know, plays around with that topic a little bit metaphorically. And it's been doing well, man. I'm I'm actually excited about it.
0: So, Kerry, the workout, it has nothing to do with actually working out?
4: Oh, I told you, no day's over. Well, so... <laughs>
0: I don't believe it. Yeah. You still get
4: on the treadmill. No, no, no. I, yeah, I, I definitely lift still. But it's very... It's very light. It's just for the. It's just to <laughs> obvi- obviously be healthy <laughs> and to aesthetically look like I'm healthy. It, it, right. It, it's a ploy. It's a ploy.
3: All right. So, last question on the music, because we're curious: uh, Does the piece of music inspire the lyrics, or do the lyrics inspire the music?
4: That's a good question. <laughs> both, both. But a lot of times, I like to write. I mean, solely just to write, and so sometimes I will write that way, but. I'll hear some music here and there, and melodically, I can already hear the words in it. It's, it's a trip. I mean, it's one of those things where I can just hear the track and be like, oh, it has to be the song, and it can't be anything else. And that's the magical part about music. It's, it, you think We think, you know I guess, with our ego, that we're creating this magic, right? But the magic already exists, and so a lot of times when you hear the music, it exists, and it can't be anything else.
3: Interesting. Well, yeah. look, I mean, Wolf, well, you remember, he shared a dressing room with Lady Gaga once upon a time for the whole music <laughs> video shoot, all right? And, oh, and my Jim O'Mahondro, he checked it, 315 million views right now on paparazzi.
4: Oh, how about that? Oh. That's big time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was funny because... She was, obviously, she wasn't that huge yet if she was sharing a dressing room with me. So that's, that's number one. She was just, just starting to kind of get to that elevated level. But, yeah are I'm in the room changing, and she walks, and I'm like, oh, you probably got the wrong dressing room, uh, Lady Gaga. And she's like, no, this is it. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this. So we did it, and it was fun.
3: Hey, I tell you what, I'm pulling for your guy, Lamar Jackson, in Baltimore just because I don't think America can handle two more weeks of Taylor Swift and the Kelsey's.
4: Oh, please. So, I mean, I come on. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's good. I, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with Yeah.
3: That's solid. That's good stuff. Well, look, uh, I tell you. All the best, Kerry, and, and we hope to cross paths soon. You're even doing sports radio now, so I mean, yeah. a man of many talents. So, uh, and you enjoying that, by the way, getting on and talking some ball on a weekly basis?
4: I am. It's it's been man, it's been so good, man. It's uh, I mean, I've gotten to work with some of you know some of the greats and some of the guys that's been around for so long, and so they see how they tee it up. They tee it up just like you. You're one of those greats, in Bali, and uh, you know it's one of the. It makes it easier. I'm just talking ball, talking life, and giving some expertise because I played. But, you know, it's just, it's been fun, man, to be in studio and be a part of something.
0: Kerry, thank you so much for joining us, brother. Really
3: appreciate it. God bless you.
4: Thanks, Kerry. Well, I love you guys, man. You guys have fun. Love you too, dog.
3: There you go. Kerry Rhodes, former Cardinals safety. As we continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
1: should do it. For the first time in more than 50 years, the city of Baltimore is going to host the AFC Championship. After scoring 24 unanswered points here in the second half, as they've knocked off the Texans 34 to 10, and the number one seed will move on. There's the snap, he goes
0: to an E, it's fourth down, and that is it. The bench is empty the chiefs have gone on the road and won in frigid orchard park new york the chiefs are going to a six consecutive afc championship they'll take on lamar jackson and
3: the baltimore ravens kevin harlan preceded by tom mccarthy there you go that's your afc championship coming our way on sunday and I tell you what, based on the viewership ratings and the numbers, that has never been more popular, the insatiable appetite that is for NFL playoff football. Ron Wolfley, Paul Calvisi, special thanks again to Kerry Rhodes. You heard Kerry's prediction, Ravens by 10-plus behind Lamar Jackson. Very interesting, considering that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have all the experience. They just clinched their sixth straight trip to the AFC Championship game, but it'll be their first one on the road. And we know what they did on the road last week, Wolf. Were you like the crying Bills fan in the stands at the end of that game, Wolf? As no, a I Buffalo native, ball. you weren't like of that guy. I was not i Just want to make I'm sure. Honestly, stop it. <laughs> it was uh, yeah. You're okay though. After that, I mean, uh, you know.
0: I- <laughs> no, now look, I wanted the Bills to win. Of course, I was rooting for the Buffalo Bills. My Buffalo Bills. I grew up in Orchard Park, Bully, as you well know. But. I mean, there's no reason to cry. And this is something Dan Campbell's got to learn as well. You don't have to be
3: crying after games. Yeah. Well, look, the Bills had their chances. I mean, you know, Diggs dropped that bomb. Sherfield had that chunk throw he dropped. Josh Allen missed Shakir in the end zone. The fake punt, what are you doing? You know, Nicole Hardman gave him the fumble through the end zone. I mean, the Bills had plenty of chances. And, Just to me, I'm going to boil this down. Beyond Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, this Baltimore Ravens defense is so far superior to that Bills defense that especially was banged up, was missing so many key components because of injury. I just think that Mahomes and company, they're in for a much different challenge than they got last week. And Paulie
0: this is the matchup of this game as far as I'm concerned it is Patrick Mahomes and a gross simplification of the truth it's Patrick Mahomes versus the Ravens secondary I, I that defense is so good you watch them on tape they get to the quarterback of course they get after the quarterback they get after receivers number six in passing yards per game allowed and number one in passing yards per play allowed. And Paulie, when you when you talk about number 1 in passing yards per play allowed by that Ravens defense, do you have any idea how much goes into that? How that number 1, what's behind all that? great coverage in the secondary not having a lot of mental errors right not blowing assignments all over the place guys that are buttoned up guys that are good open field tacklers they do not allow you to throw the ball down the field they don't allow big play I mean so much is behind that number when you say number one in passing yards per game allowed or
3: passing yards per play allowed it matters so much and guess what? They're tracking to have Marlon Humphrey back, their standout corner. Uh, so that would be obviously be a huge boost to that Baltimore defense. Yeah. And, and I tell you, the X factor to me, Wolf, was when I saw Jadavian Clowney playing with that sort yeah. of attitude and that sort of intensity, I mean, everything else Baltimore has, and if you're going to get consif- consistent, 100% effort out of Jadavian Clowney, look out. That's yeah. when no, I see that.
0: You're right, Paul. and the Ravens, number four in sacks per attempt, right? Getting after the quarterback and the Chiefs, number two in sacks per attempt in terms of protecting their quarterback. Paul, that's strength on strength right there, and you have to wonder what it's going to give. I mean, that is... That is good. You need to protect Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs are really, really good at doing it. And one of the good things about it, one of the reasons why the Chiefs are number two is because
3: Pat Mahomes gets the ball out quickly. All right, so Casey going against the number one scoring defense in the NFL in Baltimore. So maybe, maybe this game turns, let's flip it here. Because the Kansas City defense is 18th against the run this season, and Baltimore has the NFL's top rushing offense. (laughs) And it's not just Lamar Jackson, it's Gus Edwards, it's Justice Hill, it's just that attitude of a run-first type offense with multiple tight ends. Heck, maybe they go out there and they just grind it out against Kansas City and they sit and dominate the ball.
0: Yeah, they're going to do that, Pauly. There's no doubt. Listen, the Ravens, even though the the Chiefs' defense got better as the season went along in terms of stopping the run, the Ravens are going to be who they are. They're going to line up and they're going to attack the line of scrimmage. It's what they do. Yes, Lamar Jackson as well. I think look for him. Now, you know the Chiefs are going to put a spy, maybe even two spies on Lamar Jackson for the most part, but – um, the Ravens can line up and blow you off the ball to begin with. I love watching them play because of how physical they are on both sides of the ball on
3: that line of scrimmage. So, Baltimore also has uh, some of the historic trends in their favor. Home teams are 36 and 17 in the AFC championship game, number one seeds are 34 and 14 in conference championship games. But who loves a challenge like that more than anyone? Patrick Mahomes. And you heard him last week. He took that whole, oh, Mahomes can't win on the road thing, that narrative to heart. And when the Chiefs have been an underdog in his career, he's won eight out of 11. Haven't been a lot of games where he's been an underdog, but he has risen to the occasion to what degree do you think Mahomes himself is just the X factor in doing enough to beat Baltimore?
0: I think it's all Patrick Mahomes, Paulie. And that's, it's, you know, again, of course it's not just him. It's everybody. Every guy that's on that field offensively for the Chiefs, they need to go out and play well as a team. But, man, when you break this thing down, it really is about Pat Mahomes versus the Baltimore Ravens defense, in particular when it comes to throwing the ball. The Ravens, Polly. 31 takeaways on the season. Guess what that was? That was number one in the National Football League. Mm. 31 takeaways on the season. Pat Mahomes, if you want to look at one indicator as to how this game is going to go, look at that. Patrick Mahomes and how he protects the ball. No fumbles and no interceptions. How does he do protecting the ball against the National Football League's number one defense and taking the ball away?
3: All right, so look, we heard Kerry Rhodes and Lamar Jackson. Give us your thoughts on Lamar Jackson, how equipped he is to take this team to the Super Bowl, considering he's coming off a game where he's the second player ever with 100 rushing yards, two touchdown passes, and two rushing touchdowns in a playoff game.
0: Paulie, I'm biased on this. I really am because I love Lamar Jackson. (laughs) I am a Lamar Jackson fan. He is a quarterback, Paul that happens to be a football player, Alright. You know what I mean by that. This guy is physical. He will run the ball. He runs it like a running back, yet he can hurt you throwing the ball. That's where he's improved his game the most. I am a Lamar Jackson fan. I think Baltimore wins this game.
3: Well, John Harbaugh's brother, Jim Harbaugh, is an NFL head coach again with the Chargers. And guess what? They're coming to town. Along with the Bears, the Patriots, the Jets, the Lions, the Commanders, and of course the NFC West. For your season ticket priority information, go to azcardinals.com slash priority list. We'll continue and we'll get to the NFC next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
1: Pretty drops down to a B. San Francisco 49ers, for a third consecutive year, are headed to the NFC Championship game. The 49ers come from behind. They beat the Green Bay Packers 24-21, and San Francisco is one step away from the Super Bowl again. Roth takes a knee. There will be no more snaps. And for the second time, Ever, it can be said the Detroit Lions are playing for an NFC championship. It's Detroit and San Francisco next week with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line.
3: That is Kevin Kugler, preceded by Ryan Ratke. For the first time since 1957, the Detroit Lions have won two playoff games in one season. They just won their first division title in three decades. The question is, can they win the Super Bowl? Detroit is one of four teams, Ron Wolfley, that has never reached a Super Bowl in NFL history. As we wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage, Kerry Rhodes was our guest. Special thanks to Kerry, former Cardinals safety, all presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. I've been calling it, Wolf, the Honolulu blueprint, as in what can the Cardinals (laughs) learn from the lions and the way Dan Campbell came in and changed the culture. And then Brad Holmes in that front office started nailing drafts. And I just think there's a lot of initial similarities to what Jonathan Gannon and Imani Austin Ford are instilling in the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I would also add the Baltimore Ravens and how the Ravens go about building a team as well. More on that in a future big red rage, Paulie. But right now, just looking at this to your point, The Lions are number two and number three, respectively, in rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play allowed. They line up and they fight you tooth and nail on the line of scrimmage, and yet when you flip it over, they're number five. In rushing yards per game and number five in rushing yards per play. What does that tell you over the course of an entire season? This is a team that is built on the line of scrimmage, offensively and defensively. And if you're going to beat the Detroit
3: Lions, you're going to have to beat them on the line of scrimmage. I was trying to coach up Darren Urban and Craig Grillo this week. I said, you know what? Back in Detroit Lions history not too long ago, they had what's known as probably the worst general manager in modern NFL history in Matt Millen. And what did he do? In the top ten, he kept drafting receiver. And the current regime comes in. And they start drafting line of scrimmage, and they get guys like Aiden Hutchinson, and they get guys like Penny Sewell, the right tackle. And so, yes, to your point, and what did Dan Campbell say about this matchup against the 49ers? And we know this all too well, having played the Niners twice a year in Kyle Shanahan, Dan Campbell just pounding the podium. You gotta stop the run with the 49ers, because in his words, if you don't, they'll rush for 250 on you, and they won't even worry about passing.
0: Well, we all know how the 49ers go about their business as well, with Kyle Shanahan and the fact they still have a fullback. They run the ball in a north-south way. There's no denying that. And CMC, Christian McCaffrey, of course, he's so good at running the ball between the tackles. Is he good in space, Christian McCaffrey? McCaffrey? Sure. Yes. He's all he's, oh, poly. He's so good in space. Is he good coming out of the backfield? You better believe he's one of the best ever to actually do that. But, man, the best thing about CMC – is the fact he runs the ball so well in between the tackles. And that's where the 49ers' offense is. And now that Brock Purdy has actually brought his team back in a playoff game, got behind the saddle and took them down the field to score a touchdown to win the game, that is going to bolster his confidence, and it's also going to bolster All of his teammates' confidence in him going forward.
3: I'm trying to figure out whether to have confidence in that 49ers defense. And I know that's like borderline blasphemy. They've been so good for so long. But the Packers came out with Jordan Love, and they reached the red zone on their first three drives. They just failed in the red zone. They had the first 100-yard rusher against the Niners defense in the last 50 games. I'm just wondering, you know, Jared Goff has been pretty darn effective in that Lions run game. It's a balanced offense. What do you think when it comes to this Niners defense on Sunday?
0: Yeah, Paulie, um, you know what I think, too? Uh, I think they look like a one seed who thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) Okay, in their game. Honestly, I I thought they came out and had a lack of intensity, to your point, especially – On the defensive side of the ball, and in particular, inside the box against the Green Bay Packers, yes, I I thought they came out and looked like, hey, you know what, this is going to be a coronation. We're going to go to the Super Bowl, and we're going to win the Super Bowl, and I think they got jumped a little bit right there, and I know we think Kyle Shanahan is a great coach, and he is. There's no denying that. But the the key to coming out and being ready to play is each player inside that locker room getting himself ready to play. And you know what, Paul? I didn't see a very intense football team when that
3: game started. Yeah. Okay, it's a good point. Well, Nick Bosa was asked about Jared Goff this week, and he said the key is obviously getting pressure. He's got a really good O-line, makes it tough. But if you cover up his first couple reads and then you get after him and hit him a few times, it changes things a little bit, and Goff has been a different quarterback on the road. So, look, I gave you and Pash a hard time earlier this week as longtime detractors and haters of Jared Goff and how, boom, he's about to become. He could become the fifth quarterback ever, by the way, to lead two teams to a Super Bowl. Just Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner, Craig Morton, and maybe Jared Goff. So what are your thoughts on the Lions quarterback?
0: Just Paulie, you know, I listen, I don't root against people. I don't. You know that. But I do wonder... I wonder what Jared Goff is thinking right now. Is he not going home, Paulie? Is he not oh, going Oh, he's home going and,
3: home. He wears number 16 because of Joe Montana. <laughs> well, there you go. And I just think this is a
0: distraction. Jared Goff does not need that in the pass rush of the 49ers. I just think that could be problematic, Paul.
3: Here's the other thing about the Honolulu blueprint, if you will. The Lions have 25 touchdowns from rookies this year. The most of any team in any season since the merger. So, <laughs> And think of all the contributions the Cardinals got this year from, and once right. again, the Lions were a three-win team in Campbell's first year. They started 1-6 his second year, and they have balled out ever since. Special so, thanks. Paulie, who yeah. do you like? Who Paul, do you like it I like game? the Lions. I like the yeah. Lions.
0: Yep. Okay, I'm going 49ers, Paulie.
3: Thanks to Jim Omoner, Cody Fincher, Matt Lazarus, for Wolfley on Paul Calvese. this has been the Big Red Rage
2: been listening to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Right on the price. Right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. The Rage is brought to you by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com podcast. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.